I'm always getting asked, what should I do with my engagement ring? Well, I finally have the answer. Sell it with Worthy. I'm partnering with Worthy so you can turn your wedding jewelry into cash, fast and risk-free. Worthy is great because their competitive auctions ensure you get the best deal possible. Over 45,000 people have already moved on by selling with Worthy. If you're ready to move on from your ring, visit worthy.com moms to get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. That's worthy.com moms when you're ready to move on. This week on Moms Moving On. I would say probably the first oof, four to five years were really rough. And it was just, you know, every conversation I felt was, or I was bracing myself for a fight. Yeah, and I know that feeling. And I think, you know, it took some time for both of us to, you know, figure out our paths apart from each other and kind of get into a groove of co-parenting. And, you know, not to say that, you know, there even still aren't some times where we don't necessarily agree on everything. Very adversarial at the beginning. And then I'd say four to five years, we got to like cordial slash, you know, coolly friendly. <laughs> and then slowly. What more do you need? Yeah. Too. Right. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another episode of Moms Moving On. I'm your host, Michelle, and today we have Darlene Taylor on with us. She's a first-time author whose superpower is helping people see the very best in themselves and achieve things they never thought possible. Her book, It's Not About Us, focuses on her relationship with her ex and the divorce she went through. She's a certified professional coach in addition to her experience as a therapist. And I can't wait to dive all into it with you, Darlene. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love the title of your book because it's not about us is the absolute truth when we're talking about divorce and the byline, a co-parenting survival guide to taking the high road. Honestly, like th- there's nothing I push harder. So I'm I'm a big fan. Thank you so much. Yeah, we were kind of trying to figure out how to sum up everything, <laughs> everything that the book was about. But I think that's what it was. I, I remember going through the process and talking to all of my friends about like, oh my gosh, it's lonely up here on the high road sometimes, <laughs> but it's worth it. You have to be, you have it to is, stay up here. And that's the thing. And I think when we talk high road, it's, you know, you, you have people, I think, believe that if they're taking the high road, everyone else around them should too, but that's not how it works and why it can feel so lonely. And the mission of it is not to get people to change. It's so that you always know in your heart, you've done the right thing. Exactly. That's one of the big things. Um, When I sat down to write the book, I was trying to figure out a place to put this particular lesson that I learned very early on in my divorce process, which was not easy. The high road was not an easy place to get to. But one thing that I heard very early on was, you know, just that I just I didn't want to be embarrassed or ashamed about anything that I did because I owe my daughter an explanation for everything. That's the way I feel. She's the only person in the world Mm -hmm. I owe an explanation to. And I just never wanted to feel embarrassed or ashamed about anything that I did. Um, And I'm not perfect. And, you know, there are definitely things that I could have done better. But I think for the most part, with that as my driving force, I, I feel like I did 
a decent job staying on the high road. I think if you are just aware of yourself, you have the self-awareness to know like you want better for your child. You don't want them to feel any certain type of way. Like that's a great first step. But before we get into all of that, I want to hear about you, your story, how you came to writing this book. Tell us all of it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So um, I'm spent, uh, I'm a licensed social worker um, and have lived, sorry, in Cincinnati for the past 18 years um, and until 2019. And then right before COVID moved to Los Angeles and really kind of how the book came to fruition is because I moved to Los Angeles. Um, I've been divorced from my daughter is now 16 and we've been divorced since she was about two right after her second birthday. And um, after really rocky start. Um, We got to a really good place of co-parenting. And in 2019, her dad came to me and said, hey, so I've got this great job opportunity in California. What do you think about moving? And I was like, that's a very big ask. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I had an established business and home and friends and all of that. I'd been an instant study for a long time. And so I'm going back and forth and round and round about this. And at the time, my daughter was 12, about to start seventh grade um, or going to be starting seventh grade. And, um, And so I, you know, I was just kind of weighing all the options. And I thought, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about me. You know, what's best for her is is for, to have both of her parents consistently in her life. And, you know, as much as I would have been willing to fly her back and forth and to try to maneuver that, um, I just felt like it was the best decision for her to move to LA. So we moved to LA. Um, that is and- so huge of you. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. And it's that's kind of how where the book came from because you know, of course, after you move and you meet people, people are like, "Oh, what brings you to LA?" And like, well, funny story. Followed <laughs> <laughs> so, my ex. <laughs> exactly. And people are like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> like, so um, the more I kind of talked about my story, people are like, "Wow, you should write a book." And writing a book is something I've always wanted to do. And so over the course of about a four days or a two day span, I had four different conversations with four different people, um, completely unconnected, saying that I should write this book. And so I looked at my sister and I said, I think I'm writing a book. <laughs> and so sat down to write the book and um, just kind of came out. And my ex, my, my daughter's father has been super supportive. He actually wrote the foreword to the book. Um, and uh, yeah, it just um, kind of came out. <laughs> I think it's incredible. I mean, it's really hard to justify to other people, like, you know, like, I'm sure there were plenty of people that were like, why are you doing that? You know, it's his choice if he wants to go. And so many people that are not as focused on the well-being of their children in divorce would have not done that and would have said, well, that's his problem. And you know what, if he wants to abandon his daughter, that's on him. But you were so intent on not having your daughter feel that, which resonates so deeply with me in so many different ways, personally and professionally. Um, And I think that's amazing. But I think it's also important to point out, because you said earlier, it wasn't always rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. I th- and, and, you know, every time I post something positive about me and my co-parent doing something together for Bella, I always get the mm-hmm. same messages. Oh, this, this, that's nice, but this is never going to be me. My ex is a narcissist or that's right. great, but this can't ever happen for me. And I'm like, guys, I used to say the same thing. Like you're not <laughs> listening. It's going right. to get better. Can you speak right. to how that yeah. worked for you and when things changed? Um, 
wow. Um, slowly, they changed slowly. <laughs> it was very, you know, it was very difficult at the beginning. The divorce was my idea. And I don't write a lot about the hard part in the book because I didn't want that to be the focus. Everyone knows that story. Everyone's lived that story probably. I don't know that, that anyone for whom it's easy at the beginning. So I didn't want to write about a lot of that in the book, um, but but it, it was there for sure. I would say probably the first oof, four to five years were really rough. And it was just, you know, every conversation I felt was where I was bracing myself for a fight. Yeah, I know that feeling. Oh, it's horrible. And you just walk around with this ball of anxiety all the time. And, um, and I think, you know, it it took some time for both of us to, you know, figure out our paths apart from each other and kind of get into a groove of co-parenting and, you know, not to say that, you know, there even still aren't sometimes where we don't necessarily agree on everything. I think we finally at probably about the four or five year mark got to a place where, I mean, we were, it was very adversarial at the beginning. And then I'd say four to five years, we got to like cordial slash, you know, coolly friendly. <laughs> and then slowly. What more do you need? Got, yeah. yeah. Right. And then, you know, and that, that's the other thing that I say, I know that this isn't necessarily going to work for everyone. You know, if there's abuse, if there's addiction, if there, if, you know, if you literally do, are you trying to co-parent with someone who has a personality disorder? Those are things that are, are, are special circumstances. But if you have two reasonably sane people who care about their child and want the best for their child, you should be able to do this, you know, yeah, you, you should and get they, out of your own way. And I love that you pointed out, you know, there are special circumstances where it can't happen, but I think it's important for people to hear that just because your ex has a lot of anger right now, doesn't mean that there can't be hope down the line because everybody, I I believe everyone's entitled to their emotional reaction after divorce and it's not our job to manage that or change it. And so that's a good point you bring up. My attorney said something really um, important the very first time that I met her. She said, people get married on the same day, but people don't get divorced on the same day. Mm. And I was like, wow. And that really hit me. She's like, you're way far along in this process because you've been thinking about this and figuring out what you're going to do. And he probably feels like the rug's been you know, pulled out from under yes. him. And so he's way back here and you're here. So she's like, you have to pay attention to that. And that really helped me give him some grace and, and be a little bit more understanding about his anger because, you know, it was, he, he was having to work through a lot of emotions that I already had. I love that you're saying that because I I have the same exact feelings towards my own divorce, you know, and I remember thinking in the beginning, I was not fair to him and not giving him his space to be angry because I I was ready to go. I was over. I was like, okay, this is the best thing for me without realizing this probably didn't feel like the best thing for him. I always talk about, you know, actually one of my favorite divorce professionals, her name is Dr. Elizabeth Cohen, talks about righteous anger and like everyone's entitled to it, especially your ex in a divorce. And once that dust settles, whether it takes a year or four to five years, it's worth it. It is. It absolutely is because there's the piece that I find now seeing his name on my phone and not feeling that automatic, like, oh, like anxiety in my stomach. It's just, I remember that day. I know everyone is like nodding. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that day I saw his name on the phone and I was like, oh, wonder what he wants. And I answered the phone and I remember hanging up and going, wow, I don't know that that's ever happened before. Cause usually it was like, oh God, what now? 
Like, I what know. is it going to be? And it was, it's so nice to be in that space. And it's just, and that's why I'm like, the high road is best for your kids, but it's also best for you because everybody deserves to have that peace. Nobody wants to, nobody needs to, or wants to walk around carrying that for the entirety of your co-parenting journey. Like that's a, that's a heavy burden to carry. And I have enough other stuff that I want to put energy right? into. Thank you. <laughs> I, I agree. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. So I want to talk about, there's something in your book that I found really interesting. And it was a lesson you learned from your boyfriend's ex-wife or a boyfriend's ex-wife. Yes. Yeah. I want to hear about that. I think um, we learned so many lessons <laughs> along the way. So this, this might be a good one. Yes. Um, so he and I had been dating for a while and it was getting pretty serious. And at the time he had, she has two daughters, but at the time they were nine and 11. Um, and we were both very, um, didn't have each other meet the other one's children for a while. We were like, let's figure out where this is going and how serious this is going to be. I was always very protective of my daughter in that way. And he was the same. Um, and so when we decided that it was kind of time to meet the, the kids, he said, well, my ex wants to meet you before you meet the kids. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, why? Would you have to sign off on your new girlfriend? And I was all indignant about it. I was all mad. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to be spending time around her kids. And she just wants to know that I'm not a crazy person. And I can respect that. Right. And um, so we had this very awkward coffee <laughs> at Starbucks. I was, it, was, it was very pleasant. But of course, it was just, I think the way I described it, it was like half job interview, half date. It was very, I didn't totally. know what to do. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if I should ask her questions or she it was, it was very strange. Um, but after that, what I found out was after that coffee date, she went back and told the girls, I met Darlene. I really like her. I think you guys are really going to like her. She's really nice. Um, I'm excited for you guys to meet her. And she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to say anything. She could have said anything. She definitely didn't have to say anything nice. But by doing that, she gave them permission to like me. Mm -hmm. and gave them permission to open their hearts to me. And it was the best gift because they didn't have to feel like that liking me was a betrayal of her. And it was just, it was the most wonderful thing. And I had never really thought about how I would react when my ex started dating and, and what I would do. And I was like, you know what, that is, that's the best thing that I can do for them and, and for whoever this new partner is going to be, you know, as long as they're a good person and, and good to my kid, like there's no reason for, for me to make her feel like she needs to choose or make her feel like it's, it would be betraying mommy if I say something nice about this person. And that's amazing that you guys were able to do that. And that I, you know, I, I, I am a stepmom and I also mm -hmm. have an ex with a 
girlfriend and a daughter who, you know, and so for me, I know my daughter and I know she's a single and only child. And I know she was going to be jealous of her daddy's girlfriend and really (laughs) concerned about my feelings. So it, it was the same thing in the beginning. I, you know, met her, loved her, talked to Bella all the time about, I think this person is so great and you're so lucky to have to spend time with her. And that has helped curb her emotions about the whole thing because it's like one less thing she has to worry about. And, and we don't realize that we don't, we don't want our kids to align with our negative feelings. Like it's really not okay for them to do that. And so you gave those kids such a great gift. Good for you. It was, it was so, it's, it's so awesome. I still have a relationship with them and it's, it's great. That was 10 years ago and I still have a a relationship with them. And so it's, it's really wonderful. And consequently, I'm very, very good friends with their mom now. (laughs) She's one of my close friends. So, but you are not with this boyfriend anymore. No, he and I actually got married and, and divorced and, and um and i was when that happened i reached out to their mom and i said you know i, I know that we're going through this divorce and now sammy that's my daughter and i kind of don't have a role in the girls lives anymore but we're really you know we love them and i would like to make sure that it's okay if we stay in touch with them and she was like absolutely you know they adore you they're they're sad about the divorce and Aww. so that you know again kind of gave gave me permission, gave them permission to continue this relationship. They still call me their bonus mom. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and she and I are still really, are, are really good friends. And so it's, it's three relationships that I'm just um, so blessed to have. And so really you're lucky. just taking the high road all around. It's really impressive. Um, but I want to, I want to segue to something else. I, and I have to ask, you mentioned the one thing children don't want you to say in divorce. What is that one thing? Um, anything negative about the other parent, because it feels they they internalize that. And it feels like you're talking about a, a piece of them. And if they know that you hate the other parent, it feels like you hate a part of them. And there, I just, the damage that that does, I just don't even know that it can ever be fixed or repaired, even as you go into an adult. I'm still trying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can rationalize it. I I just, you know, my parents were not divorced, but I have so many friends who have gone through that and to hear them still speak about that. We're in our forties and I can still see the pain. And I just, I don't know that you can ever fix that. And I just really, I heard that really early on and I said, you know what there's, and, and so it was on me. I said, that's on me. I can control that. But I also was really strict about the people in my life, my friends and my family. I said, she will never hear anything negative about her father from any of you, or you won't be around her because that's not going to come from us. I love and so that. I was like, you can say whatever you want to me, but when she is around, if you can't say anything, then walk out of the room or just paint a smile on whatever you have to do, but I don't want to hear it. And she does, she's not going to hear it. And, um, you know, and, and I think, that we never, he and, he and I never talked about that, but I feel like he was kind of on that same page. I, I, I don't think that there was, there, there probably, there may have been, I don't know. Um, but I don't think that there was a lot of negativity about me from, from his side either, because I've never, you know, that's never made its way back to me from her. And I feel like I would have been able to feel that a little bit. Right. But. Absolutely. Listen, we, I mean, you are the, like, you are speaking to my soul because this is what I'm preaching day in and day out. But the fact that you carry this through in all areas of your life and and you set those boundaries with other people. I mean, this is what I like to call a co-parenting experience that your child will be proud of one day. 
and and probably already is. Tell us about her. So you guys are 50-50, I imagine? Um, well, he her dad is um he's a college basketball coach, actually. So his job is very busy and he travels a lot. Um, but during COVID, we moved to LA in August 2019, and then COVID hit March 2020, and of course that shut everything down. And for the first time in her life, he couldn't travel. And so before we never really had a schedule, I had to be super flexible if I wanted her to have time with him because the schedule changed literally every week. And so I was flexible, but for the first time we had a schedule. And so we've been really kind of 50-50 since COVID and it's been wonderful. She spends a week with him and a week with me and she's now 16 and she actually wrote the afterword to the book. <laughs> so Aww. he wrote the forward and she wrote the afterword, which was really cool. But yeah, she's, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, she's a, she's 16 too. You know, she's, <laughs> she's in the throes of, of that, but I, I feel like she's pretty well adjusted. And I think that, you know, we talk about, you know, what, it's been like for her to to have two homes and and if anybody's you know she she had an incident when she was in second grade where a kid was making fun of her because she had two white envelopes which was the thing that you take home every week that gives the the parents information the communication envelope from the school to the parents right. and she had two of them um because she had one for me and one for him and um i guess a kid in her class was making fun of her because she had two white envelopes and that was really the first time that she had ever felt like it was weird that she had two homes that's what she's always known she didn't she, didn't even know that we were married until she was eight years old right? because <laughs> so, she didn't remember. And so we've talked over the years about different things um, and different pieces of her experience that are a little bit different. But I think that I've done my best to normalize it, um, to talk about the many different ways that that families are are configured and, you know, that none is better or worse than, you know, our family's special because of our special circumstances and Love every it. family's special. It's really beautiful. She's a lucky girl, definitely to have you and, and her dad, but I know you made some big, you know, big allow allowances, considerations, and that's something I'm sure she'll always be grateful for. So I want to hear about the work that you do outside of being an author. You're a therapist. Uh, was a therapist and I've kind of pivoted um, since COVID and since the move, I've pivoted more into coaching. Um, I like doing therapy, but I didn't like the idea that, you know, for most people, they can't really afford therapy without insurance and to go to get therapy through insurance, you have to have a diagnosis and that turns a lot of people off from therapy. And I don't believe that everybody needs a diagnosis. Most people just need support. And, um, and I really like working with people who are kind of in the action phase of change. Like they've kind of Done, done all the things and they're ready to they're ready to do something different with themselves in their lives and so um so I kind of pivoted into kind of more life coaching and most of my coaching the kind of the cornerstone of it is the Clifton strengths assessment I don't know if you've ever taken it but now the idea behind the Clifton strengths assessment is that we are all uniquely talented and most of the time we focus on um, what's wrong with us instead of focusing on what's right with us and kind of fixing our weaknesses instead of leaning into our strengths and really learning to cultivate those and so um, it's 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 amazing and so you take this strengths assessment and it gives you um, it ranks these 34 talent themes and your top five are really like your five biggest um, strengths and when I took it it was so eye-opening for me because my top five was like, I was like, this is exactly me. This is why I've done every job. It's like empathy, positivity, includer, developer, and then woo, which is kind of like 
I'll talk to a wall if it'll talk back. <laughs> and so, but I, I looked at those five things and I said, this, this is all the jobs I've had. I've been a therapist. I've been a teacher. Like it, it was, it, it made so much sense to me. So it was like, instead of trying to do all these things that um, I'm not good at, or like, you know, make myself good at these things. It's like, why are you trying to push a boulder up a hill? These are the five things or, or the 10 areas that you are really strong in. So let's figure out how to use these to the best of your ability to do everything that you want to do. And so that's really what my coaching is about. And so since the book, I've I've kind of changed that up a little bit or and kind of, I guess, expanded it a little bit to how you can use your, those strengths in parenting with your kids and with your parenting partner. And so like positivity is one of mine. So, you know, being, you know, taking, making sure that I'm, you know, with my parenting partner and my child kind of putting a positive spin on things. And, you know, there's, there's one called activator, which is a very much get things going. And so that's, you know, making sure that whatever plans that you have with your parenting partner, stuff gets done, stuff gets started. And it's just, it's, I, I really feel like there's a way that you can use the strength stuff in every area of your life. And I think it can be really valuable with parenting. And so I've been doing some, um, some coaching with that. It was just really exciting. I think it's, really I really love it. I want to learn more about it. I'm sure our listeners do too. For everybody listening, where can they find you, your book, get in touch with um, you? Yeah. DarleneTaylor.com. Um, on, I'm on Instagram and a little bit on TikTok, just starting TikTok and Facebook at the Darlene Taylor. Um, the book is available everywhere. Um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, there's links to it on my, um, in my bio on, and on the, the website. And I will yeah. link all of that. Darlene, this was a really refreshing conversation. I love, I love Thank everything you so you're much. about. I can, you know, really resonate and and um, it feels really good to have this conversation. So for everybody listening, I urge you to go learn more about Darlene, get the book, for sure get the book and be in touch with any questions. We'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high-conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms, and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.